Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is another brand new edition of Flyers Daily, a Monday edition, which means one thing that we talk to our insider every Monday from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how are you? Well, I've been a lot of games in a short period of time. Um, you know, when I when I was coming back from from last night's game, I was thinking that uh, you know, simultaneously, the, the season feels like it's been forever. It also feels like it's gone quickly too. I don't know how that's possible, but, but to feel both, but it really does. Yeah, you think of it on one hand, you go, "Oh my God, there's only two games left. I can't believe it. We're already at this point." But as you live it, it's like having an infant. The days are long, mm-hmm. but the time goes fast. And that's what this. Sure. And to use that parallel, John Tortorella kind of talked about it in his post-game press conference. This is the infancy stage of what they're doing. And, you know, I thought it was interesting what he said after he said, you have to go through this. You have to take it on the chin. That's part of the process. And yeah. there's a lot of process left. Well, no doubt. No doubt. Um, you know, you were you were sitting next to me in the uh, – the press box uh, last night's game, and you know, I, I have to confess that I was stewing at uh, the all the Bruins fans there and the mm-hmm. reaction to the uh, Pasternak hat trick, and uh, you know the the we won the cup chance, and that, that's not even against the Bruins fans. It's just that you know being I've never in my life experienced being outnumbered like that in, in the home building, and uh, it's it's not something I you know. I, Something I, I care to see again, but mm-hmm. it's it's going to happen for a while. I mean, it, it's going to take a while till the Flyers are at a level A where they're competing with those teams. But B also, you know, the it's it's your own people in there again. You know, it's yeah. uh, it, it it was a you know it's a reality check, truthfully. Bill, as part of this, you know, many years now, a handful that I can at least think of that were false hope maybe even 1920 was to some extent, although I think that team was legitimately good process wise and was a good team. But, you know, you look back and all the first round exits and false hope and going after this guy and then the hope and the hexy plan and blah, blah, blah. And ultimately there's going to be some cynicism and earning it back. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's just it, that, um, you know, you, I mean, you, everybody wants to have hope, right? When when you're told to be patient with the process, that was the Hexy rebuild, and um, you know, and Hexy had thought that uh, three years, you know, it would take about three years, and you know, and, and they, I guess, in you know, and Chuck was a GM by then, but in, in nineteen, you know, twenty nineteen twenty season, it felt like okay, you've gone through this. And now you're going to be contending for a while. Um, and as you said, process-wise, all the underlying stuff was good. I mean, I, I fully expected the Flyers to have a window of time where they're now contending. And the very next year, it was an, it proved to be an illusion. And it's been more bad than good since then. So you, yeah. you hear, you know, you need patience, this and that. It's, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to, hard to invest in that all over again. I get that. Yeah. I mean... You know, I'm looking back at some of the decisions that were made through that period of time, going all the way back to Hexy, and, you know, you see David Posternock score the hat-trick against the Flyers. I think he has 25 goals, now four hat-tricks against the Flyers. He seems to score every game. You know why? Because he does. <laughs> and, you know, you think back and go, 
Well, they could have had Pasternak. They drafted Sanheim, who they just extended. He's not having a great year. And you look at, you know, some of the other decisions along the way. And one we got to talk about right here at the beginning, kind of, is Tony D'Angelo. Because they moved some equity to get the rights to sign him. They signed him to a two-year deal. And he hasn't been in the last three games, Bill. And this isn't the first couple of times he's been scratched this year. He's got a really uncertain future with the Flyers, in my opinion, now, based on being scratched three successive games at this time of year, they went with four, they went with five defensemen in this game and 13 yeah. forwards. That's unheard of. Yeah. And, and uh, you go in you just cross your fingers, you know? And I mean, if Ivan Provov hadn't returned to that game, they would have had to play about half that third period with just four D. In other words, if it was any other player that sustained that injury, you would have had exactly. to play the yeah. – Yeah, it was pro Rob, I, I, I don't – you know, I, I, he's uh, – it's incredible. He, he goes down, you know, oh, well, this one, this one he's not coming back from. He just always always comes back. I mean, he was obviously still feeling and hurting and limited to a degree, but that, that's just what he does. You know, to, to consciously choose to go with five defensemen tells you that there's uh, well beyond uh, beyond a lack of trust there's just a some something there, there's something there's an underlying issue game. yeah there, there's there's some major underlying issue um you know and the i mean would it be a surprise if d'angelo does not play in the uh, game against columbus tomorrow night at this point i i would say it'd be almost more of a surprise if, if he does yeah. because um it sounds like and the Phantoms don't play again until midweek um, where, they're, where they're playing for their playoff positioning. So Tuesday's kind of almost a – they can bring, bring somebody up, bring even two guys up if they want. Do the, do the emergency D thing. If, and it also depends on – also depends on, you know, Sealer still being under the weather or not. But, you know, you see, see them calling up a guy like Adam Yinning or whatever. Then all of a sudden, Tony's sitting. That came too. There's a, a one game left in the season in Chicago. So, yeah. So it's it, it, just a ton of uncertainty. And yeah, you, you think about, you know, you think about trading um, second, third and fourth round picks to get, uh, to get the player. And if you, you move them out within a year, Flyers have traded a lot of second round picks in recent years. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's been one of the, it's definitely been, been, been one of the, the points that you, you can't argue, um, you know, Ristolainen, who's had a good year this year. But it cost you a, a first round pick a year ago and a second round pick this year. Um, you know, so the Flyers don't presently have a second round pick this year. I mean, those, those things kind of add up in a system. Um, you know, there, there are certain things that uh, you know, were, were beyond the Flyers' control injury issues, the Tourier, for example, right? But his contract and you know, there was no there was no reason to believe that Katori was going to miss most of the next two seasons when happening because he'd been healthy. So yeah. you know, but it, you know, but but you can go back, you can go back to any number of decisions. You know, when when Matt Niskanen suddenly retired, they didn't replace him. They run, they tried, they looked around, but trying, trying and succeeding are you know two totally different things, right? And. I'll, I'll tell you that they still have not had that stabilizing presence that Niskanen was here for that one year. They're still looking yeah. for it. Yeah. So it's um, it, it, it's been a lot of things. And they're going to be looking for a lot this summer because I have a feeling there's going to be a good amount of subtraction. And, you know, what replaces that 
is according to torts when he was on with us he said you know i'm not looking to bring in the shiny toy i'm not bringing anybody in i don't want to bring anybody in that's going to block any of these young guys yeah. i think there's going to be some finding out who's who for guys that maybe weren't here this year but will be next year young players and maybe that's ronnie adder maybe that's adam maybe that's yinning maybe that's emil andre you know we don't know uh, denoyed does he start the year with the team we'll find all those things out throughout the summer and what it'll feel like probably a very long summer um, yeah. but a lot of important work to do. You know, Bill, you look at it too, and, you know, there's going to be that subtraction here, and there's going to be some big names. And uh, at this point, I guess Tony D'Angelo is, seems like a pretty obvious one. The other one is Kevin Hayes. He's tied a career high in points, but, boy, he just hasn't been as effective as he was earlier in the season, shift in, shift out, and kind of grabbing games and having, a, you know, some – control in that game of periods of time with his puck possession ability and ability to distribute the eye test just hasn't matched up of late with where he was earlier in the year. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know, you know, he had, he got out to a good start. He had a, a good October, even, even defensive side of the puck. He wasn't so bad or mm-hmm. early on. It was November when he was putting up points, but you know, they, but the defensive side um, really went South that month. So even though he was, he was averaging a point per game at that time, that was when Torch started to have some issues. There was the the benching against um, well, San Jose. I guess it was the very end of October, you know, um, and uh, just kind of went downhill from there. They had a really, really rough December. December, the numbers fell off. And right now, that's the Ranger game that he got benched for. <laughs> the Ranger game was during that period of time, correct. January after after the Christmas break, he had an upswing again, um, and then after the All Star break starting in February, it's been real rough for him ever since, and on in pretty much every aspect. It's been, you know, and when when he was moved back to center again, towards really didn't catch anything other than a last resort too. Yeah. So you know, so his numbers are his numbers are are good offensively, because um, he's had some months where he was pretty productive offensively um when, when you weigh what he was brought in to do um of course there was an offensive piece of that too but um you know and particularly with couturier out uh you know it's really interesting how this relationship has evolved uh, I, and i and i do believe that on a personal level they're, they're fine with one another it's totally a hockey thing um and you get that i mean you know Hayes is, Hayes is a decent guy, you know. It's yeah. not it's not he's a bad guy at all, but just just what you need from him on the ice um, to be to be a tone setter in a lot of ways, a positive tone setter um, to to get the Flyers moving them forward in this process of where you want them to get to, um, which a lot of it has to start in the D zone. A lot of it starts with, with defensive habits. Um, they're not overstaying shifts, not taking. Foolish risks, showing I mean showing the kind of just a just a two hundred foot mentality, and and modeling that for the team, and um, you know I, I I think Kevin has his interpretation of his game, and Torts has another, and they've never gotten on the same page with it, and uh, I mean uh, it's it doesn't take very much to see even even Hayes said that saying you know there's a parting of ways coming here, the messages are not hard to read. So that's uh, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely one of those big breaks that are coming 
Um, the question being, and I, and I think that in the right deal, you can trade him. I don't think it's going to come to a situation where the only way to move him is a buyout. Um, cause I, that'd, that'd be six years of dead cap. And that's, then, yeah, then it's getting, that. yeah. Yeah. Then you're getting to the point where, you know, what, what, what are we doing here? Is it, yeah. is it are we better just holding on another year and seeing where we're at then, you know? Yeah. So, well, well, the thing it, is, does a new GM want to do that too? Saddle himself with a six-year of cap hit, dead cap hit. I, I would, I would certainly think not, unless you're thinking is by the time we're ready to contend again, uh, you know, the cap will go up. You know, well, that'll be a little bit of dead cap, uh, but we can work some other things around it. So I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's ever good business to tie up that much dead cap space for for six years. I'm like, oh, that's three years left in his contract. You're better off. You're better off if you have to just ride on another year and then reevaluate with two years left in the contract where you are. Yeah, I, I think there's actually some homes for him. It just I mean, you don't expect a great return. I, I look at a team like Colorado. Uh, I look at a team like Boston. If they win the cup and Bergeron retires, they need center yeah. help. I look at yeah. you know obviously Columbus. I think there's some homes for him in the NHL. You know, I, I look at Dallas as another team too that maybe could be a fit for Kevin Hayes. So. I think there will be some homes for him. You know, you just hope maybe a couple of teams want him. You can create some kind of pseudo bidding war and retain as little as you can and get as much as you can in any deal. But it does seem like a, a breakup is imminent in that regard. And both the player, I think everybody involved kind of knows it. Um, Bill, um, you mentioned second round picks earlier. We're talking about the fact that they didn't have any this year. And obviously, Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada in the 32 Thoughts segment um, broke the news that it doesn't look like Jay O'Brien is going to be signing with the Flyers. I guess they're not offering him a contract. He's going to go and become a free agent. And there's been a lot of confusion about this, about the compensatory pick. I talked to Brent Flair before the game last night and just asked him, when does that pick convey if you guys don't – because there's been nothing official from the club. And he said, if that, if that were the case, it would convey in 2024. But there is a loophole. Can you explain the loophole? Yes. So, and part of it is, has already happened where he would otherwise be a free agent on August 15th, which was after the draft. Um, but if you, but if you turn him loose to free agency where he could become uh, a free agent on June the 1st, um, like, uh, like other guys who rights you have, who you're not signing, then, then there's a process where they could basically, uh, appeal to the NHL for lack of a better word to to make the compensatory pick this year because because he's a free agent ahead of time to where you know ahead of where this year's draft would be that's really that's really why the confusion is as to which year it falls so if if he does get to become a free agent in June um, there there is a mechanism where maybe it would be this year most of the time it plays out that it's the year following though i i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i wouldn't hang my hat on a thing this year but it you know it, it is an extra asset um you know o'brien's had a ton of injuries that that to me is a big part of the story that doesn't really get talked about he had a, a disastrous um uh, freshman freshman year at providence um transferred out of the program and to do that in the ncaa that meant he had to go spend a year in a um sit oh, I had to sit out either had to sit out a year or go play in a league or he wouldn't lose his um collegiate eligibility. eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to the BCHL, 
uh, which is a you know junior A league in Canada, and was doing doing really well for, for that level. It's not, a, not the highest level of hockey, but had at least got his confidence back, got his scoring back. But he missed about um, I'd say about six weeks that season in the second half. Um, you know, and then you had the COVID year, so he averaged so he's transfers to to BU, um, and they only played eighteen games that year, and he averaged a point per game, so. You know, solid enough for a guy who's a, you know, really should have been a junior at that point, but as a sophomore. Um, and then last year, you know, last year he had a lot of injury issues, but then he really came on the second half. Um, it was great, the Beanpot tournament. I mean, he was really good. And over about a two, three month period, he was over a point per game. Um, but he had to have, he had to have off season surgery. And, you know, a little like, a little like, um, Bobby Brink came back slowly from the surgery, um, which which lasted into the season. Um, he so he started to get his game back a little bit, and and actually had had a pretty nice run, uh, I would say, for a while after after New Year's, heading towards heading towards February, March, the tournaments. But he's still, you know, but if you look at his collegiate career, he's only had one season where he was at a point per game, and that was an eighteen game season. And stretches of other seasons. So between the injuries and, and streakiness and whatever, you know, that doesn't really project to being an NHL impact player. He has those good tools. I have always liked always liked the guy's one timer. He, he's a pretty good distributor. We saw that this year. Very good skater. But he's never put it together where he's been the kind of impact guy, you know, that the that uh, the Flyers organization projected he would be when when they rolled the dice and took a big risk and, and selected him. So it just came time to say, we're okay. You know, we're just going to look elsewhere and, and get the asset a year from now. So that's how it worked out. I would think it would be more beneficial for him too, if you could get him into free agency this year, as opposed to waiting till August 15th, there's a, a lot more opportunity when free agency begins and there's a lot less opportunity August 15th. Well, but, I mean, he's obviously yeah. not going to come in money, but. Uh, he's got a lot to prove, so we'll see where that goes. But like you said, uh, don't bank on that being a 2023 19th pick in the second round because that's how it'll convey. There'll be a 19th pick, and the teams beyond that all move back a slot. But you can get a player there too, so maybe it'll be next year where they have that Florida pick as well, and it could be uh, some good equity for them. Um, Bill, let's give some uh, stick taps to Ian Laperriere because the Phantoms um, have locked up their playoff berth. And uh, they're making some home ice out of it at this point, too. And for a guy that, when he was here as a coach, you know, certainly got his fair share of blame for a lot of things um, as as an assistant on Elaine Vigneault's staff, Dave Haxtall's staff as well. But the job he's done with the Phantoms has been very impressive. And the reason why it's impressive in my eyes is because players that have gone down and come back up have looked much better when they came back up. And players that are coming up for the first time that he's had now extended time to be with, like Tyson Forster, Denoye. Uh, I even think Ole Lixell's got something. He just needs more seasoning. Um, and Adderd still needs more seasoning as well. But he's done a real nice job with these young players, and they're going to need that to continue. Oh, without, without a doubt. A, moving up the ladder into the NHL, and B, for this playoff run this year. Mm-hmm. Um well, a lot of these kids have really taken a big role on Phantom's team. This isn't, uh, and you and I discussed this previously. You know, if it was all 
it was all Cal O'Reilly's and, and Garrett Wilson's and those kind of guys. It, it's nice. It's nice to see your farm team have success, but it doesn't really translate to your to your parent club. Um, what's gone on with this team has been that it's been Elliot Denoye and Forster and uh, Adders played a, played a lot of minutes and Zamulo's continued to improve and it's been you know it's been a rookie goalie really in in, in Urson played a lot of minutes for them. And stepped up, stepped up huge. I mean, even the game on, even the game the other night on Saturday night where they they clinched the playoff spot, they made a dozen saves in the third period, and, and some of them were sensational. The Phantoms were able to be able to hang in, come back, and win. Um, and you know they were they were hoping to go into the year with a, with a veteran and, and young guy tandem. Happened was a veteran Troy Grosnick was injured early and then got re-injured when he came back, so it really became. Urson, as long as he yeah. as long as he wasn't uh, up with the Flyers, he was getting the lion's share of the starting time. Grossman's played uh, six games. <laughs> yeah, all year, and, and two of them he didn't finish. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that so that certainly didn't work out as hoped. But you know, so it's really been it's really been a, a large part of the young guys. They've had a they had a lot of key injuries this year. They're getting healthy at the right time, though. Um, you know, guys who are or veterans, kind of younger veterans. Um, I mean, Adam Brooks nearly won the fourth line center job out of camp. People forget that, mm-hmm. you know. But he, uh, yeah, and he spent really pretty much all of last year in the NHL. Is he an NHL guy? I'd say he's kind of borderline, but he's a good AHL guy. Um, he's been a glue guy for them. And Cooper Marodi, formerly a Flyers draft pick, now back in the organization. Um, he spent a lot of this year healthy. A lot of this year injured, rather, got healthy, was AHL player of the week, suffered a concussion, and then came back this past weekend, and he was huge. And now, all of a sudden, they look like a different team. You know, you have all these young guys. Now you have some of the veterans supporting him. That's why they could potentially be a a home ice club in the first round. Um, You know, if you look at the real top teams in in the Atlantic Division or, you know, in the East in general, if you get through these divisional series, I don't know if the fans are quite there yet, but I think they're capable of winning a round, and that, that's huge. That's something else that, that's huge for the young players and playing games that have been meaningful. Um, you know, when the Phantoms were counting down the magic number to clinch the playoff spot and came up with some huge wins, a lot of those games, it was those young guys who were actually yep. delivering in key spots and winning those games. That, um, that, 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 only, that only bodes well. For those guys, and it bodes well for the organization. And I do think, I do think Lappy deserves some credit for that too. Yeah. I think there was a key decision that was made in regard to the regards to the Phantoms that is a big, big element of this. And I thought it was a key decision because a player that's there could have helped this Flyers team at points. And yeah. when when they were they had no centers, and Artem Anisimov was brought in here on a PTO. And he got hurt in training camp. And they sent him down there, but they never called him up. And his presence down there, I think he's paying di- huge dividends as a mentor, teaching those kids how to be pros. He's a calming presence. He's a guy that's played a ton of NHL games. So he carries a lot of weight in that room. And the fact that he could have come up here and probably helped the Flyers, but it wasn't about that this season. And that yeah. they stuck to it and and helped you know, left Anisimov down there to help these kids, I think is a big, very 
underplayed uh, or under talked about decision that was made this year that they are benefiting from? Oh, no, no question. He's definitely, he's definitely a guy that everybody in the room looks to. And, um, there's no ego there. It, it, you know, it wasn't, uh, if he came back to the NHL, he would have worked, worked as hard as he could. And everybody, he's done that for the Phantoms too. It was never, there was never a level where there was a disappointment or whatever that set in. He just accepted, just accepted the big leader there and, um, goes and sets a positive example, um, day in, day out. You know, there were, there were some rough patches of season for the team and he was a stabilizing force. And, you know, where you talk about him potentially helping the Flyers, remember early the season, it, it's weird to even look back and remember he was here. But for a little yeah. while, Lucas Sedlak was, was playing decently, you know, as, as a fourth-line kind of guy, and and, uh, and Isamov was hurt. So it was during that period of time where by the time Anisimov was ready to play, he signed the AHL deal. And not long after that, Sedlak was gone, went back to Europe, but uh, they, ne- they never made the call for the reasons you said, that, uh, you know what, even if he helps, they they'd rather evaluate the young guys. So that's uh, that that's the guy who he may be long gone from the organization by the time we see any dividends at, at an NHL level, especially. But that's a guy who helps guys along their path, and he's been he's been tremendous at that. He really has. Yeah, Lucas said, like, I feel like he was on the team five years ago. At <laughs> this <laughs> point, right? I mean, that is just so. I mean, it's it's just been such a dizzying year for sure. Um, final two games this week, Bill. It's Columbus. You go from having a team that after they beat the Flyers last night, Boston has a 63 wins and an 819 points percentage to playing the two teams at the all the way at the bottom with a .346 win percentage, and they're tied, Chicago and Columbus, this week. Uh, but uh, Flyers riding a seven-game skid. They would rather not go into the offseason riding a nine-game skid. Yeah, Yeah, and the Flyers are – for all intents and purposes, locked in to the seventh spot in the lottery. It really would not hurt them to win. You know, yep. for the for the, those those folks out there, you know, yes, it's mathematically possible they could bump up a, a spot, but I don't I don't see Arizona winning out and the Flyers losing out. Just yeah. you know, it's, it's it's pretty pretty safe to say they're locked in at seven. Um, and and Columbus Columbus and Chicago. You know, we talked about about the philosophy, pros and cons of tanking. But both teams are tanking. Both teams outright want to be the worst team and have that eighteen and a half percent or whatever it is of Bedard. And you know, with uh, with Fantilli is the the likely, you know, the likely consolation prize, right? If you're if you're the worst. So, you know, I, neither of those teams, especially when it come in, and neither of those teams are really all that that motivated to win. Yeah, they're they're evaluating some young guys. They have guys caught up from the you know from the American League. I would anticipate the Flyers certainly win one, and and more likely than not win both. Yeah, so I agree. Um, last question for you, Bill. Do the Pittsburgh Penguins make the postseason? They get their schedule is not very difficult. Their remaining schedule, and you look at Florida's, and they have Toronto and Carolina left. Yeah, you know. And not that Toronto and Carolina have much to play for. They're kind of locked in seeding-wise. But Alex Lyon, he's just on an absolute heater right now. He's won, what, six streams. He had a 56-save performance in there as well, a 7-2 win. And 
Is Pittsburgh going to be on the outside looking in here? I would say that they get themselves in except for one thing. They have a, a tiebreaker disadvantage that they can't overcome at this point. Regulation. So they'll have to, they have to win it outright on points. Yeah. That, 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 you know, I, you know, I see Florida stepping up, being able to, to find a way to win. I mean, the Islanders are, are the Islanders are actually trending the right way too. Yeah. Uh, of those three teams, you wouldn't know by the way they played against the Flyers, honestly. But uh, of the three teams, I, I think that um, Pittsburgh is third. You know, I mean, if, if I say who, which of the best of these three teams, um, Florida's kind of underachieved or whatever. I, I think the Penguins either. Uh, I'll predict the Penguins miss up by tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, their point back right now, they have the same two teams the Flyers have. They have them in reverse order, though. Tuesday, they have Chicago um, at home. And then Thursday, they wrap up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And you do know that the Columbus Blue Jackets would love to ruin their party. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So th- they may be up for that game. Um, that would be a little bit of fun uh, to see Columbus knock them out of the playoffs. That'd be in- incredible. And it would be no Ovechkin and no Crosby in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, I ran the draft lottery simulator the other day because I'm insane. And I saw one time that I ran it that Washington ended up with the number one overall pick, and I almost barfed. Yeah, I had that, and I also had, uh, you know, they can't get the number one pick, but I, I had Pittsburgh move all the way up to, I think it was third. Oh, was, Whatever the maximum 10 spots was, with like, you know, I'm, I'm closing this app, you know? Yeah, so, get me out of yeah. here. <laughs> because of the, I, if Washington were to win it and have Ovechkin and Bedard yeah. and then just have Ovechkin yeah. eventually hand it to Bedard, yeah. I mean, I'll just, I'll lose it. So um, we'll put a wrap on it there, Bill. Great stuff as always. PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and NHL.com where you can read Bill's great work. And uh, everybody will be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Columbus, the final home game of the season. We'll do that on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily tomorrow. So enjoy your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. I'm on a mission, the